well, that was obviously our son Jeremy wanting to sincerely express his appreciation to the many of you here at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, here in the sanctuary, those watching online who have been praying for him throughout his heart surgery. Thank you so very much. I am wondering if one of you perhaps wrote this letter. The letter says, Dear Pastor, with all that our world has been going through in the past year and a half, it seems like everybody has run out of gas emotionally and relationally. Everybody seems to be going through the motions, but you can tell their heart is not really in it. Everybody is tired and worn out. For me personally, I don't know how much longer I can keep up with the new demands in this age of the COVID virus. I try to look energetic, and I try to be positive, but honestly, I'm ready to throw in the towel. I'm ready to give up. I'm ready to give up on my career, my dreams, and even on my marriage. What can I do to get my spark back? What can I do to get my spark back? Did someone here at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene write that letter? I know, actually, that letter did not come from someone in our church, but it could have. It could have because there are many people who feel emotionally worn out, for a lot of different reasons. A lot of you here in the sanctuary and those of you watching online. The title of today's message is Finding the Strength to Keep Going When I'm Emotionally Worn Out. That's our subject. Finding the Strength to Keep Going When I'm Emotionally Worn Out. Part two. A few weeks ago, just before our son Jeremy was going to have his major open heart surgery, I, was, I myself was feeling emotionally worn out for a lot of different reasons in addition to Jeremy's health condition. I mentioned some of those reasons in part one of the message. When I was feeling emotionally worn out, I heard a message from another minister, Pastor Rick Warren, on this subject. And that message really, really helped me and encouraged me. And I told myself that I, I needed, I needed to communicate, or at least try to communicate, most of what Pastor Rick said to you, to you here in the sanctuary and to our online viewers. I, I figured that if, if, it helped me. 
If the truth helped me, it could probably help hundreds of others of you. And so I want to truly give credit to Pastor Rick Warren for much or most of what I shared with you in part one and now today in part two of finding the strength to keep going when I'm emotionally worn out. By the way, if you did not hear part one of this message, I encourage you to go to our Rosewood Church of the Nazarene website sometime this week, and you could, you could find part one uh, under YouTube, November 14, 2021. As a little recap, in, in part one, in part one, we said... Glenn, go ahead and show that first point. In part one, we said, honestly, honestly tell God what you are feeling. This will help you. This will help each one of us. When you're feeling emotionally drained and, and running out of gas, it, honestly tell God what you are going through, what you are feeling. And then secondly, secondly, we said, humbly Ask God for strength. Now, there's a lot more to it under each of those points, and that's why I encourage you to listen to part one if you didn't uh, hear it before. Now, here is the third. This is the third key to finding the strength to keep going when I'm emotionally worn out, when you, 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 and you up in the balcony are worn out. Truth number three is this. Gratefully thank God for all that's good despite all that's bad. Say it with me, would you? Gratefully thank God for all that's good despite all that's bad. It's a matter of what you think about because because the world is full of both good and bad. Here's, here's the principle stated in the Bible in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. That verse says, Be thankful, why don't you read it with me? Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, sometimes people say, what is God's will? What is God's will for my life? Well, this verse that we just read, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, tells us that a part of God's will is to be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. Now, notice how it says, be thankful in all circumstances. It doesn't say be thankful for all circumstances. I talked about this oh, weeks ago on Thanksgiving as well. In other words, for instance, if you have, if you have a car accident, you, you don't want to be thankful for that, right? You're not going to be thankful for that. If you end up needing, if you end up needing a major operation, as did our son, Jeremy, you're, you're not going to be feeling thankful. Oh, wow, great, I'm going to have a big operation. They're going to cut me open, and, 
I get all these tubes all over me and so on. No, no, you're not going to be thankful for that. If, if your son or daughter dies much too young, as sadly happened this past week to one of our dear church families, you are not going to be happy about that. And I too want to express our deepest love and sympathy to brother and sister Freights and their precious family and their daughter and, and their daughter-in-law, Martha. Oh, Lord, comfort them. By, by the way, when, when, I went, when I went to see Vincent and Leona Freights and their daughter, Donna, when I went to see this dear father and mother and sister of the son who passed away this week, I was deeply moved. I was deeply moved by the father who said to me, he said, Pastor, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I sensed, I sensed the pain in that dear father's voice. And at the same time, I sense his trust, his trust and confidence in the Lord and his dependence upon the Lord despite the heartache. Amen? When you hear, when you hear about, recently as we did, when you hear about 17 missionaries being kidnapped or an airplane crash, we're not going to be thankful about those things. But 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Be thankful in, in all circumstances. In other words, in other words, maintain an attitude of gratitude. Now this, this is the third key to finding the strength to keep going when you and you and you and you and I, when we are emotionally worn out. I don't know if you know this, but a number of scientific studies have shown that an attitude of gratitude is one of the healthiest emotions we humans can have. Did you know that? It's one of the healthiest emotions we can have. Every time, every time you and I express some gratitude to God or to a person, it helps to build up your empty emotional gas tank. It helps to build it up. Develop an attitude of gratitude. It is one of the keys to helping you to keep going over the long haul. Uh, here, is, here is a habit that I suggest all of us get into. Pastor Rick strongly encouraged this. All right, here's a nice habit. At least once a week, sit down. Sit down and write out, what am I grateful for? Simple, right? What am I grateful for? Make, make a list. Make a list and reflect upon that list. And believe it or not, that will strengthen you. That will help you. It will energize you. It will lift you up. Does that make sense? Yes? 
You know, it's easy to be grateful when everything in your life is going great. It's much harder to find things you are grateful for when you are in a crisis or when you are facing prolonged chronic stress such as we've experienced during COVID-19. However, when you are feeling, when you are feeling worn out or you have the blahs, that's, that's when you especially need a tool of gratitude. A tool of gratitude. You need it the most to help, you, to help rebuild your empty emotional gas tank. Amen. One of the greatest examples of this tool of gratitude is found in the Bible's account of Job. Some of you know the story. Some of you don't. Job had been a very wealthy and successful man in his generation. But he lost everything in a single day. And he didn't know why. All of his children were killed. All of his crops, livestock, and his home were destroyed in a single day. On that same day, Job contracted a painful, deadly disease. His life collapsed overnight, it seemed. And he had every reason to be angry and bitter because nothing made sense. Didn't make sense. Here he was, serving God, doing the right thing. The Bible, in fact, says he was a, he was a just man but still, he lost everything, wiped out. What did Job do? What did Job do? What did he do? The Bible says he gratefully worshipped God when everything in his life did not make sense. In Job chapter 1, verses 20 through 22, we read these words. Why don't you read it with me from, from the screen, please? Read these words. In grief, Job tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell to the ground and worshipped God. I was born with nothing, and I'll die with nothing. The Lord gave, and now he is taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised in spite of everything that has happened. And Job did not sin by blaming God. Wow. Wow. No, notice that statement. Notice that statement. May the name of the Lord be praised in spite of everything that has happened. It's incredible. Do, do you and I do that? Do we do that? Or do you and I only think about God when things are going well? Do we only thank God when things are going well in our lives? Job expressed trust and gratitude. He expressed trust and gratitude and praise to God, even, even, even in the midst of his deep sorrow, his agony, his uncertainty, his frustration, his anger, his heartbreak. 
It's incredible when you think of how Job responded. When Job couldn't find, when Job couldn't find anything he was personally grateful for, what did did that man do? He expressed gratitude for God's character. That's what he did. He expressed gratitude for God's character. Uh, Basically, that is a lesson. That's an important lesson for you and for you and for me to learn from Job. Even, Even when we can't find something in our lives to be grateful for, we can still be thankful for who God is. For his character. Job shows us, despite how, how we might feel, we can always be grateful. In the story of Job in the Bible, we find that Job was, was always grateful. He was always grateful that God is loving and cares for me. Go ahead, Glenn, and show that point A, A. That God is loving and that he cares for me. We read that in Job 10, verse 12. We also discover that he was grateful, point B, that God has a detailed plan for my life and your life. Job 13, Job 23, verse 14. We discover also that he was grateful that God is in control of what I don't understand, point C. He's in control of what I don't understand, Job 34, verse 13. And he was grateful that God will reward me after I am tested, point D. And that's Job 42, verse 10. My friends, I may not know what is zapping I may not know, no one else might know what is zapping your strength, but I do know, I do know that the more you and I gratefully thank God for all that's good, despite all that's bad, our strength is renewed. Now, it's easy to miss this point. I want us to really grab a hold of it, okay? Gratefully thank God for all that's good in your life, despite what might be bad. And we'll find that our strength is renewed. King David modeled this principle of receiving strength from thanking and praising God. In Psalm 63, verse 2, it says, Here I am in the place of worship, eyes open, Drinking in your strength. Drinking in your strength. Now, some of the Bible translations put it in a different way. That's the message translation. Here I am in the place of worship. Eyes open. (laughs) Drinking in your strength. My friend, worship is essential for regaining our emotional strength. Amen. Psalm 69, verse 32 says, Those who worship God will be encouraged. Why? Because when I worship, I focus on God. That's why. 
I focus on God. The bigger my view of God, the smaller my problems get. Think about that. The bigger my view, the bigger my view, the bigger uh, the bigger the view that you have of God, the smaller our problems get. Think about that. Think about that. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13 says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That's the New Living Translation. For I can do everything. Read it with me, would you? For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Wow. So, here are the first three keys to finding the strength to keep going when I'm emotionally worn out. Number one, honestly tell God what you are feeling. Number two, humbly ask God for strength. And number three, we've just talked about, gratefully thank God for all that's good, despite all that's bad in your life. And now we come to the fourth key. We come to another very important key here. Why don't you read it with me, would you? Constantly keep God as my focus. Constantly keep God as my focus. This will help you, help us, when we're feeling really worn out emotionally and otherwise. Now, what, what does this mean? It means, it means, don't let yourself get distracted by less important things. There are so many things to distract all of us. Isn't that correct? Yes. Okay. In the Bible, in Hebrews chapter 12, the second part of verse 1 and 2, it says this. Why don't, why don't you read it with me in unison together? Read it with me, would you? And let us run with endurance the, the race God has set before us. Okay, I'll, I'll just continue on here. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now, he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Jesus wasn't focused on his current, on his present problems, his current pain, current stress, current difficulties and criticism. 
He, he was focused on the future joy. Hebrews 12, 2 says, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. He endured the cross. Jesus looked past, he looked past the agony of the cross to the reward. He had an, Jesus had an, an eternal perspective. You see, if you only, if you only face life with a, a short-term perspective, you are going to be, you're going to be having a lot more difficulties. You are not going to be strong because you will give up. You will quit. You will say, wow, there's too much for me. If you want to be like Jesus, you and I must look past the pain of the present, must look past the pain of the cross as he did. Look past your future pain. Jesus didn't focus. He didn't focus on his current problems, current stress, current pain and criticism. He looked at the future joy to the reward. He had an eternal perspective, a long-range perspective, we might say. There have been times, there have been times in my life when I've had to tell myself to have a, a long-range perspective. For example, when we were getting ready to build this church building where you are sitting in today, when we were getting ready to build, <clears throat> we held a Sunday groundbreaking service. We held it on Sunday morning, regular church time. We held that groundbreaking service on the property. How many of you, by the way, how many of you were maybe present at that groundbreaking service in the fall of 2003? All right, some of you were. Yeah, a lot of you, of course, are new and you weren't present at that time. All right. At that groundbreaking service, we had, we had one of the largest attendances we ever had at that Sunday morning groundbreaking service. And I remember thinking, I remember thinking how with all those people there, we would probably have a huge offering that Sunday. You know? I thought, praise God, Lord, we're going to have a huge offering with this huge crowd here. When I saw the counter's report for that Sunday, I was nearly shocked. I was nearly shocked because even with all those people present, we had one of the lowest offerings. Lowest offerings. And I remember saying something like this. I remember saying, God, Lord, we are going into a multi-million dollar building project. We can't afford, we can't afford to have low offerings like this. How are we going to pay the construction bills? How are we going to pay uh, everybody involved with this construction project? How are we going to pay the city fees and the architect fees and 
all of these sub-trades and everybody. Man, I, I'll tell you, on that Sunday, the end of it, I, I had to keep, keep focused on God, on the fact that, that he was leading us, he was leading us, and that he would see us through, even though when I looked at the offering total, I was very discouraged. Well, praise God, as many of you know, in February of 2019, we, we paid off. We paid off all the mortgages and the loans on our church building project. Amen. 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 Some of you are thinking, oh, you were, you were worried, Pastor Nick, for nothing. <laughs> no, I was, I was concerned for a lot of reasons, my friends. And by the way, we continue to praise God for the fact that we paid off the mortgages and the loans after about 15 years, all right? So, let me ask you, let me ask you, what do you think about the most these days? And what do you talk about the most these days? The, the reason I'm asking you those questions is because whatever you think about and talk about the most, that, that is your life's focus. That is your life's focus. If your focus is not, if your focus is not on God, it is no surprise that you might feel drained. It's not a surprise. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18 says this. Won't you read it with me out loud? Read it out loud from the screen. This is why we never give up. Our spirits are being renewed every day. Our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us an immeasurably great glory that will last forever. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. And the Apostle Paul was saying... I'm focusing, I'm focusing on the long term, not the short term. I'm focusing on God who is going to get me through this. Who's going to help me to make it through. Listen to this encouraging Bible verse. Colossians 1.11. It's the Living Bible version. Read it with me. Read it out loud. We are praying that you will be filled with his mighty, glorious strength so that you can keep going no matter what happens, always full of the joy of the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? Say it again with me. Would you say it again? We are praying that you will be filled with his mighty, glorious strength so that you can keep going no matter what happens, always full of the joy of the Lord. Wow. Wow. And so, my friends, finding strength to keep going when I'm emotionally 
worn out. Keep these truths in your mind. Number one, honestly tell God what you are feeling. Number two, humbly ask God for strength. Number three, gratefully thank God for all that's good, despite all that's bad. And number four, constantly keep God as my focus. And my friends, in order to best do that, we need to start by having a personal relationship with God, by us sincerely committing our hearts, committing our lives to the Lord and saying, dear God, I place my heart, I place my life in your hands. And so I want to ask you to bow your head, would you? Bow your head here in the sanctuary of Rosewood Church. Viewers, bow your head where you are. And if as yet you haven't put your, your, your life in the hands of the Lord, in the hands of God, I, I, I want you to pray this prayer today. But only pray it if it's truly what, what, what's coming from your heart. Something you really mean. Would you pray something like this? Dear God, thank you for loving me. Thank you, Lord, for being interested in my life. God, today I want to truly dedicate, I want to commit my heart, my life to you. I want to live my life devoted to you. I want to make you the focus of my life. And Lord, I ask you to forgive me for my sins. I believe I can be forgiven because Jesus, your son, died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. And so I receive your forgiveness. And Lord, I receive your spirit. Come, come by your Holy Spirit into my heart, into my life, and be with me. Be with me through the great times of my life and through the hardships. And I thank you, dear Lord, for the promise of heaven, for the promise of heaven. Yes, I don't understand everything that happens to us, but I do understand that you have said when we put our faith and trust in you and we dedicate our life to you and we accept your forgiveness through faith and trust in Jesus, you tell us that we receive the promise of heaven. And so I thank you. I thank you for the privilege of belonging to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 My friends, in the sanctuary, would you stand here? Would you stand? Let's stand. And as our musicians sing this, this beautiful song, some of you may want to come. Some of you may want to come and stand around the altar here 
and, and, and pray. In your own way, you may want to just say, God, on this wonderful Sunday, on this marvelous day, I dedicate my heart, my life to you. Yes, Lord, I want to make you the focus of my life. And some of you, some of you are, are feeling very drained, very emotionally drained for various reasons. Some of those reasons I know of, some of them I don't, but it doesn't matter what I know. God knows. God knows your personal situation. Viewers, God knows your individual situation. And whether you're in the sanctuary or watching elsewhere, I want to encourage you to be honest. Be honest with God as to how you're feeling, okay? And that second point, humbly ask. Ask for His strength. His strength. Some of you come. Come, feel free to come. I want to remind us to please keep a distance of six feet, six feet apart. Just we're following good COVID procedures. Remain six feet apart, please. Will you come as the musicians sing? Amen.